All right. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Jackman Radio Burns the News. For me and my guy, my homeboy right here, Hokey Mike Jackman, just shoot the shit for like an hour and talk about Clown World and what's going on and review some media that we've enjoyed. So what's going on, man? How you doing there, duties? I'm doing well, man. You know, another uh, another summer day, you know, about 80 degrees here in the Granite State. Enjoying the summer and, you know, kind of looking forward to uh, fall time, but still definitely enjoying summer as much as possible. Quite a weekend I, we had. Yeah, yeah. We packed in a lot, didn't we? Yeah, let's yeah. see. What did we do? Uh, what did we do on Friday? I'm trying to remember what we did on Friday. <laughs> did we go somewhere? Um that's a good question. Oh, I did a podcast, and then, oh, we went out to dinner with Reed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had a, we had a, a Liberty Chinese feast. Yeah, Liberty China feast at Golden Walk over in Jaffrey. It's tasty. Yeah, Reed came through town, and uh, we went out, got some feasties, and then hung out for a little bit. I think you and I were both really tired. Yeah, I think we were out of steam. You know, we're not 36 40. yet, but we're pretty damn close. Yeah, hashtag this is 40. Yeah. Yeah, that's the joke. And then Saturday we went to Patty's. Yeah, Jackman Radio alum Patty Miner. Uh, we're you know we're going to be getting back on here at some point soon. Um, yeah, we went over and uh, grilled sausages and chicken, and he had like marinated teriyaki chicken. Really Steak tasty. Tips. Fenway sausages. Instead of spending nine dollars, they were less, and the beers weren't fifteen dollars. They were a lot less. No, yeah, the beers were. We're cold. They were definitely cold. We had uh, I what Corona Light and Modelo. Yeah, it's a good summer beer. Yeah. So this is what we're drinking today to kind of. And then we uh, <laughs> come come yeah, down from then, the weekend, you know. And then uh, yeah, we were up pretty late Saturday. We were supposed to watch the Yankees and Red Sox. That was kind of the uh, auspices <clears throat> of going over to Patty's, but it just we didn't even end up putting the game on. Man, we just had so much fun doing a '90s. Um, time travel into 90s music, like all of our hits, too. I heard Patty busted out some tunes, dude, I hadn't thought of in like 20 years. Yeah, just when you thought uh, you could get one in there or, or a stump, uh, you know, he, he played like, um, you know, Everclear, Marcy Playground. Stump uh, Schwab, you know. E6, Lit. Yep. And then you, you played that one. Uh, Green Day. All I want to be with you. Oh, yeah, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Toad the Wet Sprocket. Reminds me of Bokes. We did Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. Yeah, how does that go, Mike? I'm just a teenage dirtbaggy. Then how does the mic go? Every 90s tune is like... There's some variation of that. You know, we did Simon Monica. I am still living with your ghost. <laughs> yeah, we did a bunch of 90s hits, man, and just had some suds and kind of yeah. almost sat in the dark. I mean, it was a real throwback kind of hang. <laughs> well, then, it's like being on the Orca in Jaws. Well, yeah, then, then he, yeah, we went to the other part of his place, the in-law apartment, and uh, that table, we, just, we called it the Orca because it was like... It was just, small. It was just big <laughs> enough for the three three of us. You know, he lives in a pretty sizable estate, you know, and we decided we, we wanted to hang in a small, like, corner... Yeah, you know, well, we had first tunes. We we're gonna all sit on the couch, and I'm like, ah, let's let's sit at the table, and just keep keep the tunes going and uh, the drinks. So those are really like my favorite nights, man. You just get with a couple yeah. of friends, close friends, and you grow up, have some suds and some tunes, 
and uh, just catch up in person, you know? Yeah, you can't beat that, man. You know, everyone's no. been uh, relegated to a screen the last couple of years. So to be able to oh. get that face-to-face -face is uh, pretty freaking nice. It's precious, man. You got to you gotta do it as much as you can. Yeah, I know. And then uh, yesterday we had our, our aunt up for the day. Our auntie Annie came up and made us cheeseburgers and tater tots, and we just had a blast hanging out. So yeah. family and friends all weekend, man. That's what it's all about. That was the little weekend, wasn't it? That's why we grind during the week to uh, be able to get to do that on the weekend. It's nice. Yeah, we live for it. You know, you catch any uh, any good media lately? Watch anything? Uh, yeah, well, I, I know you already reviewed it, but I watched Prey, the new Predator. Um, what did you think about it? That you watched really, it separately from me? Yeah, I really liked it, man. I was uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised and blown away by how good it was. I didn't really expect a lot out of it, but uh, man, that lead actress there, she was she was freaking awesome. Yeah, she was really good. She was powerful, and uh, the practice use of practical effects, man, was really good. Yeah, I like that too. I guess the guy that got played in the Predator used to be an NBA player or a pretty well-known college player. He played at UNH. He's from Mass. Yeah, he's oh, from UNH. Mass. Yeah, he played at UNH for four years. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I looked him up. I'm like, who is that big guy? I think he's like six nine or something. Yeah, so, I mean, my favorite is the original that they had, uh, Kevin Mike Michael Hall or Kevin Peter Hall, but um, he did Predator and Predator Two, and sadly he passed away from AIDS um, after a blood transfusion. He contracted HIV. Yeah, it was a blood transfusion gone wrong. Yeah, but Dude, I mean, they, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's like in Star Wars, they got that um, Finnish basketball player to be Chewy now. Oh, I think yeah. he does a really good job with it. Yeah, you know they yeah. uh, they got uh, Peter Mayhew before he passed. Did a little bit on Force Awakens and kind of coached and trained the new guy to play uh, Chewy. His name's like Juno Sotorio or Juno something. something. Yeah. Do they something. have Mayhew in the full suit though for Force Awakens? I think the only shot they had was there's one shot of Han getting on the Millennium Falcon or Chewie and the Falcon kind of in the pilot seat, and that was Peter Mayhew. But other than that, I don't think he did did much because he had health problems and he wasn't able to really move that well. So they got a you know younger actor to do it. But um, yeah, I mean there was some worry that like Star Wars Predator was going to go. I don't think it did. I think it really threaded the needle really well and balanced the line on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, the prey, prey was great, and I look forward to seeing what they're going to put out next in that series because Predators was really good with Adrian Brody. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. I like that. That was one. the that was the best one in my opinion since this one, Prey. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The other the other ones are. I'm not really big on Alien versus Predator and all that. Yeah, it's not it that great. much for me. No. And then the other newer one they made is a, just. I'm just going to pretend they didn't even make that movie. Yeah, the Predator in 2018. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Didn't have Arnold in it either. No, no. They yeah, kind of teased yeah. that, that might bring it. Yeah, but yeah, they, they didn't do it. Then they were teasing for years that they're going to do another um, Conan movie, like Old Man Conan, but they haven't done that yet. So I don't know what Arnold. I don't know his, out, his output really, since he's since he's been back. It hasn't been the best. He just turned seventy eight or seven, uh, seventy four. Uh, seventy five. Oh, seventy five. Okay. Yeah, I think he's seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many more movies are they going to be able to squeeze out of his head, Eric? Like, how many, how many more times are they going to be able to use his head and weaponize? <laughs> yeah, let me. I think he was born in 48. 47. Let me look. He's born in 47. In, uh, God. I think, yeah. yeah, you're right. He was born July 30th, 1947. So, yeah, he just he just hit the big uh, 75. 
it's crazy how a lot of our major uh, actors and celebrities and politicians are all like in their seventies. How old is Yeah, how old is he oh, now? Seagal's got to be pushing seventy. He's, I would say, sixty-eight or sixty-nine. At this point. Like, what I was thinking. I was thinking Putin gives me a passport and one of his castles, and we could talk about shooting a new action movie on the bridge in Belarus. We'll be in the Donbass. Yeah, tell me about Seagal. So he's seventy, Mike. He was born in. Uh, 52? Yeah, he turned 70 this year. So he was okay. uh, he was in some kind of video shilling for the, the Russian Federation, right? Yeah, they had him in like a uh, – it was like a bombed-out factory or some kind of uh, place where they – you know, of course, they blamed it on the Ukrainian forces. Yeah, I mean, I've seen stuff like this before. And, you know, this is definitely not what they're saying it is. These are like little rockets that come in, and that came out from those forces. So they got him there with the – it's basically like a do-rag. Yeah. With the, with the yellow tinge goggles and then some something to girdle him, something to make him kind of yeah, he's tucked and girdled, something to t- tighten his like a horse blanket they put him in. Yeah, I mean that's why I wear black. It's it's slimming. You yeah, know, I, think, oh, yeah. I find black. I find black to be very slimming, and when I'm doing my work in my dojo, it makes me look good and it makes me able to compete on a level like I did back in Above the Law. I mean, he hasn't been relevant in close to thirty years. Oh, he's so washed up. He was washed up by like by like ninety eight. I mean, it's just straight to uh, streaming garbage uh, that he does now with a bunch of. It's just him fighting Euro trash for for like eighty minutes. They have him sitting in a, in a, a, a stool in like some rundown restaurant that they scouted. Just incredible. You know, these these shadowy people are coming in here doing bad things. CIA, DOD, HBO, FBI, NSA, NST, NFT. You know. <laughs> And they just so most of the movie is him kind of blowing gas, pontificating in the said location. And then they have a younger dude. When I say younger, I mean you know a dude in his fifties running around, <laughs> you know, like Scott Adkins or some washed-up MMA or uh, you know '90s action star who who handles all the heavy lifting for the movie, which is totally unrelated to the A story with Seagal sitting in the, you know, in the other location. And then at the very end, they bring Seagal and they they hand him a little plastic toy gun and they have him conduct the raid. You know, he's the tip of the yeah. spear on the raid. And then in post post production, they FX and real cheesy gun uh, fire. Yeah, with with fake blood. Yeah, and then they, they have him do they have him do like a couple chops and a couple of moves with his the upper part of his body. Um, he saves the girl who's like fifty years younger than him, and then they it goes film off him his... like from here up. Yeah, it's it's who who's putting down the money for these movies, Mike? It's got to just be some kind of money laundering operation. Drug, deal, drug dealers from Romania. Bulgaria. Yeah, diamond diamond merchants, uh, you know, rare, um, you know, monkey scalpers, people who scalp like uh, giraffes, monkeys, and exotic. You know what I mean? Like, we gotta move this money out of this account for the monkey scalpers and the ivory collectors, who are actually really good friends of mine and devout preservationists. You know, and we gotta yeah. get we gotta get this diamond into the Kremlin for Vlad. You know? Preserving their bank accounts is what they're, yeah. they're all about. The preservation that they're all about. I, I mean, he's he, never coming back to America. Oh God, no! He he flirted with the the Q bullshit a little bit uh, when the allegations flared up against him. Did he so, really? We're going to be talking about the deep state. I'm working with some people, some pretty serious people, some heavy hitters. I have reason to believe, like he was in touch with Robert David Steele, like uh, that that kind of grift, that kind sex of sex slaves on Mars. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that guy, man. I I can't believe. I just can't believe that, like, but that uh, the amount of attention that guy was able to get. Yeah, that op. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's some kind of op. Mm. You know, it's just complete fantastical bullshit mixed in with some real stuff. 
we are going to be fighting the deep state. So send me 11 million rubles and you won't believe what's next. <laughs> Vladimir Putin is one of the world's greatest leaders of all time and the world's greatest living leader. It's like, wow. Yeah, he went on Good Morning uh, Britain and did that. Yeah, that was amazing. I mean, yeah, he, he, I don't think he's going to be able to come back to the States uh, because of oh. that image and because of the allegations against him, which are out there. You can Google them and look them up. We don't need yeah, to. Yeah, I have no reason to not believe they're true. <laughs> I need you to look. I got a problem with the script in your part. It's very complex and it's very specific. I need you to come into my dressing room at midnight and bring your copy of the script so we can have work on our intimacy. Sorry. Where I need you to wear a leprechaun bikini. <laughs> so, oh, God, so, so we can really get yeah you know open up the door he's wearing like a komodo like oh it's incredible uh i did watch a whole episode of uh sam tripoli tinfoil hat podcast and he had on the, the freaking michael jackson faked his death guy and is, is he a, a dude who theorizes that or is he a guy saying he's michael jackson no he <laughs> he's a guy theorizing it that uh mj faked his death and uh they, they showed footage of this really weird-looking dude who's out parading with MJ's kids now. And he's, like, on a yacht with them, and he's, like, fully dressed, has weird glasses. It looks like a disguise. It looks like the disguise that V wears in V for Vendetta when he when he uh, is out, you know, and about. And when he gives the inspector all the information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like that. I'll have to send it to you. but Yeah, I need to see that. <laughs> what, what, so what is this dude's like central theory about Michael Jackson? So, like, so Conrad Murray was just a was in on it, you know, to take the fall, and he, him and his family are compensated, and even the whole, or maybe it's not even that, the whole courtroom is fake, like all the court theatrics and and what you saw at the courthouse and stuff in the trial of Conrad Brad Murray was like all actors. This is a set. <laughs> Dude, that'd be, that's amazing. He's like a stuffed animal in the courtroom. That's kind of weird. You're like, why is there a stuffed animal there? And then, you know, it, it, it's some kind of Q adjacent uh, hooey, which I'm, which is very entertaining. And I'm definitely, definitely here for it. But um, well, yeah, when you need something entertaining, man, you can, you know, you look at that. Obviously, it's not something you really believe or really no. would, would think is real, but it's fun to look at. But the yeah, problem is a lot of that shit bleeds into the real research and the real good information. And then people get confused and then they 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 throw the baby out with the bathwater and then when you bring that stuff up it's just all oh, that's just cute nonsense and then yeah and then they do a little bit of uh the jfk jr uh type treatment where mj was really tight with donald trump and he lived in trump tower michael's a very good friend of mine he, he lives in trump tower and I, I guess he did i guess mj had a place at trump tower for years i used to play video games with don jr <laughs> they talk the impression almost bleeds into Lindsey Graham. Those are those are. I used to, <clears throat> I used to play video games with Don Jr. We would play Mario Kart and Donkey Kong. Like I'm pretty sure that's real, Eric. Like oh please. Oh yeah, no, there's pictures. Pictures of him. He was the old pair for Don Jr. and he taught him a lot. He he had him in the morning and Jeffrey Epstein had him in the afternoon and they did great things. Oh. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, MJ, um, you know, they just they have a whole bunch of funny, weird things that they say about it and that MJ faked his death as part of the Great Awakening that he revealed. You know, it's like a Christ kind of thing. I'm here for it, dude. It was it was fascinating. I mean, he said some of the stuff that the guy laid out it was a little weird. You're, you're like, like, wait a minute. You're like, hmm. If maybe if like I, <laughs> I had eaten a few heroic caps of mushrooms and watched this, I would. this would be real. 
That's like when we had Mark Devlin on. He's like, there's a guy who appears in this interview, and this is shortly after David Bowie allegedly passed away, and he looks just like David Bowie, but no one had ever seen him before. I did a quick Google of that guy. I mean, he has been around. Like, you know, I, I, I had never heard that claim before, and 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 I'm going to go ahead and say I disagree with Mark's assessment that that's well, David Bowie. They also show the other, the burn victim dude that Michael Jackson knew when he was alive. Yeah, and that guy had, died, right? Uh, I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, weird. recently. So, that guy's name was also a name that Michael Jackson would use when legitimately he would put on a disguise. Okay. You know, when MJ would be disguised and he just to go out in public and like go to the movies. Yeah. He, he would use that guy's name. Um, and like, so there was that. And then they, they, uh, who was Brando's son? Miko Brando, who was tight with uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah, Nico, I think. Nico. Yeah, the, one who, the one who died. Yeah, they had him there like shortly after on Larry King Live on CNN doing an interview with that burn victim dude. And uh, the, the guy in Tripoli was like, dude, that could be Michael Jackson like in prosthetics, like like in makeup, pretending to play him because they do like a voice comparison to the real burn victim dude. And he sounded totally different than the guy that was on Larry King. And it sounded a little bit like Michael Jackson. Dude, that's, that's amazing. Like Andy Kaufman kind of fucker. I was just about to say, it's like Bob Zamuda. Yeah, um, playing uh, Tony Clifton, it was revealed that it wasn't always Andy Kaufman behind that makeup that right. they would share the character. And Zamuda is still alive, and um, he's done you know several appearances since Andy Kaufman passed away back in the eighties. And <clears throat> of course, you got people who think he's still alive. And right, I mean, know, and that's, that's the thing. Like people do fake their death. Like that that does happen. And yeah, if you oh, were yeah. someone of the means of Michael Jackson and you actually like planned it for years, it's probably something you could get away with for a little while. Yeah, I think now would be harder to get away with, though, man. I mean, I don't know. Like, um, obviously, you know, earlier this year, kind of for fun, I, I did a whole deep dive into the uh, Paul is Dead stuff and the, and the whole right. Paul McCartney, uh, you know, William Campbell. Um, it, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're right. People do fake their death. And on one of the last streams I did, I was talking about that guy who was dating Olivia Newton-John, um, yeah. who there, was, there were actually investigators who went down to Mexico because – that guy was on a boat, um, you know, with other people, and the boat docked, and he was no longer on the boat. So they were like, uh, "We didn't get, the, <laughs> we didn't get the count." Then they're like, "Well, maybe he took off on another boat, or like it was a whole thing." And uh, you know, one of the investigators was like, "Oh yeah, we, we we pinpointed his location from an IP address. He used a, uh, um, you know, a computer down there somewhere. No, nothing ever came of it. The guy's probably dead, but you never know. I mean, really? he owed, apparently he owed people thousands of dollars and." He had some issues going on in his life, so so what? Maybe he just he killed himself and jumped off the boat. It, it could be that, or it could be that he had something set up where he got on another boat and you know went and he's living comfortably somewhere else. He doesn't want to be bothered. So hmm. you know, we got a couple chats here. It looks like. Yeah, you want to? You want me to put them up, or you want to put them yeah, up? You can, you can put them up. I'll put them up. All right. Looks like the morning. The morning. We'll the morning. Start with our Patreon. You got to always be promoting. Folks, yeah, guys. Alex yeah, okay, you, you do it. You do it, Alex. No, no, go ahead, Mike. What were you going to say? I was going to say, we're moving into a studio in September. We, we're going to get all new gear. Uh, we, need all, we need all the help we can get. Become a patron. You know, we have 30 patrons. You know, send, uh, you know, tips right to Eric on Venmo. Those are both really good ways. Um, but, yeah, we, we are moving into a studio, which we announced. And, um, yeah, we're going to need yep. all the help. So if you want to become a patron, $5, 10 a month, patreon.com slash Radio. Go on there. Support us. Do what you can. We love you and we appreciate it. 
And then if that's not your thing, if you got Venmo, just want to tip us for the stream or the entertainment, the joy that we bring you right on Venmo, Senator Jack in 86. Send us some love on there. Biden inflation's real, man. Price of everything's going up. God damn it, the price of crack is up. Hunter's mad about that. Yeah, I was talking to Hunter how much a pound of crack costs, and he he told me what it was, and I went, oh, my God, I got to go back to sniffing Jill and Nancy Pelosi's hair to get that high because I can't afford it. Yeah. A guy like me taking an Amtrak every day down the street, and I can't afford to be out there buying that kind of crack. I only get that high from sniffing the senator's little daughter. Oh. But I can't do that anymore because I don't want to be out of the crypt. Come oh. on, man. That's, that's horrific, Mike. Mark Delvin rocks. Literally, but yeah, yeah. Mark oh, does rock. That was awesome. We yeah. had an awesome convo with him, man. I really, uh, I really enjoyed him and liked him, and we'll definitely, definitely want to get him back on again. Yeah, he's done some really cool research. I might not agree with everything he says, but so what? You yeah, know? no, it's, it's definitely fascinating. General Mao Mao Yao Mao wants to know what they missed. Uh, essentially, we we're just talking about people faking their death. Michael Jackson, Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal, yeah, chilling um, for Putin. Yeah, so that's what we got so far. Um, oh, yeah. So what? What else is going on, man? What, what? Well, I mean, they even went to my safe, Eric. Okay, they <laughs> went to my safe. What's your take on the uh, the raid? I mean, I think it's kind of serious, Mike, because uh, you know <laughs> they 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 wouldn't have done that, man, if they didn't have something. You know what I mean? That that's pretty outrageous. Going to the, to the private home of a, of a president, a former president, you know, say what you will about Trump and wh whichever president it is. I mean, there's got to be a damn good reason for the fucking feds to be storming a president's house and uh, going going in and removing items from their, their property. Apart from the fact that they hate him and they don't want him to run again. And yeah. A lot of this is mostly political. And you think, oh, that, yeah. you think there's that, like, what, like an espionage thing or, or what, what do you... I mean, I think them using the Espionage Act claim is just complete bullshit. Yeah. You know? Did you like, see Rand introduced a bill to uh, yeah he, that? He wants to repeal it, or what's the story with that? Yeah, I think he wants to he wants to get rid of it, um, and that would I think that would benefit Julian Assange and uh, Snowden because isn't essentially what Assange is facing is um, a really dated espionage thing, and he's looking at 135 years or something like that. Isn't that what they used too for John Kiriakou, violation of the Espionage Act? I think so. I'm yeah, he, sure. he did what thirty-two months in federal prison or longer than something that, like that. Yeah, yeah something like oh, that. Just under three years, I think. But you know, yeah, Garland. It's like uh, he uh, obviously he's you know he's 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 Biden's guy, so he's the he's the Attorney General and. Uh, right. There's a lot in the FBI that are still loyal to the Clintons and Obama and, of course, to Biden. You know, right. Biden's been in the game, man, for five decades. I think a lot of people forget that sometimes. Like, even though he's bright as mush now and he's like like Dr. Magoo or Mr. Magoo, um, <laughs> he's uh, the dude's been connected. He's been in the, you know, he's been in this mafia, this D.C. entrenched mafia for five decades. So, you know, he's he's still got a lot of favors he can call in and he still has connections with all the agencies and um, yeah, I think it's like any organization. Yeah, it's like any organization, man. There's going to be factions that are going to be loyal to certain figures, and right. a lot of them probably bided their time when the king was in there for four years. <clears throat> now that Brandon's in there, and, and uh, you know that whole crew, they're they're going to do what they can. You know, the Empire Strikes Back. You know, 
Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want them to run again. But I, I think, though, this can partly backfire because I think it's going to really ma- rally the MAGA faithful, Mike. And it's going to it's going to put further gasoline on the idea that they Trump really is an agent of change against or he really is in opposition to the so-called deep state and the, you know, the swamp and the federal uh, law enforcement intelligence agencies, you know? Yeah, I mean, he still enjoys a huge, huge amount of support, dude, across the country. And like you said, this could definitely um, really rally the troops and really, you know, get them uh, get them fired up. And there's always going to be people, unfortunately, that are going to do stupid things and, you know, break the law and commit violence. And and the media will seize upon that to try and write a narrative that that's every single Trump supporter doing that. And it's just going to further inflame things. So it's definitely a, a poke in the bear scenario, I think. Yeah, I think they're referring. We're in a season now of nuclear MAGA. This is nuclear MAGA. So we oh, had dark. I get. <laughs> yeah, we had dark MAGA, ultra MAGA, and then now I think it's the season of Aquarius, the dawn of Aquarius, and uh, nuclear. What MAGA. do those faces look like? Do the three faces show us what um, the first one? What's the first one? That's dark MAGA, ultra MAGA, ultra. Show us what that looked like. Kind of give us a little. Okay, so that's ultra MAGA. Now show us dark MAGA. Okay, that's like the one where he's on the cover of the magazine. He's like, yeah, his crippled America. And now, what's nuclear MAGA do? What's that look like? Yeah. <laughs> we will build. We yeah, are going to build. What's next? Kryptonite MAGA? You know? Yeah. He's like flying. I- Ivermectin MAGA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't. I mean, aren't they suggesting that some of the files that he had were related to our nuclear program? Yeah, supposedly he he had uh, declassified them before he took them. And then, um, and then there was about France. There, there was some, something in there about France, and then there was also something in there about Roger Stone's pardon, uh, which Roger Stone has said he doesn't know anything about. So, and he, you know, he very well may not. I mean, I don't know. It could be much ado about nothing. It could be them really trying to get him on this because if they want to go after him for other stuff, you know, that's shit that they're guilty of too. So it's like, well, yeah, that's that's the point. The uh, Libertarian Party is so brilliantly doing with their messaging now is like. If you really, really wanted to go after Trump, um, you know, about his ties to Epstein, they, they couldn't do it because the Clintons are connected to it, too. And everyone on the supposed other side, which we know there isn't really another side. It's really all one big club, as Carlin says. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gang. It's a big gang. It's a big gang. Ron Paul, it's the war party. They're, they're all warmongers and they're all they're all grifters. It's a, so. it's a uh, what is it, a policy of, Mike? It's a uh, it's a policy of uh, of pilfering, uh, pilfering. It's a pilfering policy. Pilfering. He's not wrong about that. We had that was how good was that man talking to Ron Paul? That was a dream come true, man. Dude, that, that was, was awesome. That was so cool, man. Was, he was so was gracious cool. with his time and and yeah, yeah, great chat, man. I love that. We got a question here from Zoe, who took the pick with the O Biden brothers in the thumbnail. Is that Mike? How did you run into those creeps? <laughs> So actually, that's not Mike. That's me. That's me. And uh, that is uh, the morning of the Iowa caucus in 2008. uh, I think I was in Des Moines, Iowa. I think that's where I was, somewhere in Iowa. And Biden was doing a very early, uh, early morning event. And his brother was there with him, kind of, you know, campaigning with him. And, you know, Biden was really low in the polls. And I think at that point he was just running to kind of, you know, maybe position himself as a viable vice president choice, vice presidential pick for either Hillary or Obama. You know, 
point where the Bamanit was going to be. And uh, that was my second or third time meeting Biden because I had met him before with you, Mike, here in New Hampshire. Um, yeah, we met him in 06, actually, in Keene, yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah, Keene High School. And Brandon really was a lot sharper then, dude. He was a totally different Brandon. He was. And yeah, he, he was, was like... You and Hinckley and I, our buddy Hinckley, who we go to, would go to all these political events, uh, had, had a running joke and commented on, on how we observed Biden really, like, touchy-feely with, like, the old women. I mean, not just, you know, he doesn't just like the young little girls to smell. I like to get here and talk to Eustace, because Eustace, she's a foundation of America. And we got Gladys here and Phyllis. And he would kind of massage him a little bit, Mike, and be kind of... Central. Very, very close with the with the old ladies. Yeah, he was really pimping himself out. We definitely that was noticeable. Yeah, it was definitely noticeable. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was interesting. And then uh, Jordan says, "Is it possible he was actually Dark Brandon then? He could have been Brandon the Dark." Yeah, right? it was it was prequel era Brandon. Yeah, come on, man. So he would have been like what sixty five at that point, Mike. Yeah, 65, 66. So, so he was he a young was, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a young man compared to, you know, now. You oh, know? God, he's a, he's a corpse now, dude. It's just it's just sad. Yeah, he's like the uh, Sam Raimi Evil Dead uh, Doctor Strange multiverse version of Doctor Strange that's dead, but it's reanimated. <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Strange possesses it in Evil Dead style to fight. Doctor, Doctor that's what we're seeing. Yeah, Dr. Brandon. Kamala just puts a couple of digits in my sphincter, and it gets me going for the day. You know, she's kind of puppeteering it. <laughs> Jill hooks my nipples up to a car battery. <laughs> it's like weekend at Bernie's, you know? Yeah. It's it, it's it amazing. Just, it's elderly abuse. I mean Yeah, you just we gotta just enjoy the ride bike, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm having fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I, I like the gas prices. I like how much it costs to get groceries. I like all that. Oh, you know, everything's good. good. So fucking expensive now, man. I go to Shaw's and you get like a bag or two and you're like $60. I got like some uh, some cheese and like turkey. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. A couple of drinks. Where does 60 bucks go? Pretty come much, on, man. man. Yeah, come, come on, man. man. Well, we're going to be in our Metapod soon, so it's not going to matter. What matter yeah. what stuff costs, man. I our watched, social credit score will pay for it. Yeah. I watched on, on Twitter today uh, the Ron Paul Institute put out a tweet, so I'm assuming it was probably Dan McBase. Our friend Dan Adams, Nick Adams, of um, they squish down like larvae, like worms, and then they extract like a grease from that, and they use that grease as a as a dairy substitute for butter. Oh, and then they took it and and actually like baked bread and made like a sweet bread with it, and then they went out to a mall, and they told the people what it was. They said, you know, what was in it, what it was made of, and were you, would you be willing to try this? And they actually got some fucking people to eat it. And it was so disgusting. Oh. And it was like only a certain percentage of the bug uh, worm juice was mixed in. And um, I think this was in England. It would make sense if it was in England, you know. And, they were, and they're like, would you try that again? He's like, yeah, I'd probably eat that again. And a few people were like, oh, no, that's gross. And then when they upped the percentage of the different loaf of bread for the amount of, of, of worm uh, juice that they put in it, people could really taste the difference. And it was just disgusting. Like they're, oh, they're selling that, man. They're selling that shit. That's, that's the twenty thirty thing to see how many people they can get yeah. to go along with that. That's all get, that, I mean. Yeah. Crush up boat and feed us bugs. I like that. Is it boat is it Boris Johnson? Is he pushing that? Is that is that part of the new Boris Johnson initiative? I much like that. I like that better than, than the other stuff I spread on with my marmalade. 
You know, it's it, it's just you know a ploy man that got every industry connected yeah. to real dairy, uh, uh, farming. You know, having food sovereignty over the corporations. It's just a further further corporate squeeze and grab. Almost oh, like that. a Monsanto Coca Cola version of that. Yeah. You know, for the for the dairy industry, it's, it's like what they're doing with the farmers in uh, uh, what is it, the Dutch farmers in Holland? Yeah, where they're just. You know, they, they're, lim they're limiting, they're, they're, they're capping on, on their productivity, right? They're saying how many chickens they can have on the poultry farms, how many cows on the, you know, dairy and, and the, um, the beef. So, yeah, they're really, they're going after that, man. They are doing it, you know, uh, bit by bit. And um, you don't think, you know, someone like John Kerry, he's still going to be flying around on his jet. Oh, God, He's still yeah. going to be having steaks, you know, yeah. but he doesn't want the rest of us to have that. So... You know, I'm going to be putting Heinz ketchup on it. I'll have the steak with Heinz ketchup. It's just, I, I don't know how any of these people think they could just go out in public, you know, and, and <laughs> think that, that it's okay. They're just, what, what they're doing to the world. Yeah. You know, how do they sleep? Well, they'll have primetime 99 there with the camera talking about their booty. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite big booty, Latina. He's like, look at that, look at that big booty. How was it being with Americ? It was everything being with primetime 99, Alex Stein. He's a sweetheart, man. He's a he's a really nice guy, and um, you know I hung out with him on the steps of the Capitol, and Marjorie Taylor Greene showed up, and uh, it was it was incredible, Mike. It was a it was an ultra MAGA uh, America first fever dream. Okay, and, so it was pre nuclear MAGA. Yeah, this was this was probably ultra uh, mixed between ultra and dark MAGA. Okay, post dark MAGA. And um, oh man, it was just it was fun, you know, because this comedy show got canceled in DC. Because of the fallout from him heckling um, AOC, yeah, you know, <laughs> and he's doing uh, Nationalist Capitalist tonight. Yeah, he's doing Reed show at like what eight or nine o'clock Eastern time or something like that. And he, so. did, he did Liberty Lockdown last night too, and I, I didn't. I watched a couple of clips from that. That looked like it went really well too. Oh, cool! Yeah, dude, primetime is on the rise, man. Down at the Blaze, and uh, I was on Tucker Carlson recently, and. He's in an upward trajectory. He really, and he's going to be going back to DC soon. I think in September for first like, week of September. I think he's going to be there. So the politicians better better be on alert, man, because prime time. He's coming, dude. He's always on the grind, Mike. He asked uh, uh, Jamal Bowman if he thought that Hunter had good taste in in uh, prostitutes or and something. Hookers. He's like, what do you think about the hookers that Hunter has? Are they good looking? <laughs> That's incredible, Mike. Dude, it's so good. No. I'm glad that there's someone out there like that, like a drop dead figure and a, and a. Yeah, I want to be a little outrageous in the 24 primary here in New Hampshire. So if there's like someone just we won't be able to get on the podcast, I want to go with cameras to one of their events and just like you know ask them something outrageous like that. Yeah, go dress as Trump. Yeah, yeah, we definitely we got to do some stuff like that. We're gonna we're gonna pull some stunts. And, yeah, it's uh, always fun. We always have fun. We we always have. We want to get prime time to New Hampshire too, and, and come be in in, uh, in studio guests and hang out with us, and we'll give them the whole new, uh, Peterborough, New Hampshire VIP treatment. You know? Yeah, definitely. And that's another reason to support um, our channel because we want to have the ability to start like flying, you know, pretty big name, pretty awesome guests here in New Hampshire to come in studio with us, and we can film with them and do that. So we want to. Keep growing the channel and our uh, budget and our ability to do stuff like that. So Patreon is a great way to support us in that and, uh, you know, keeping us going and just continuing to really have cool and interesting guests. Yeah, definitely. We've got a couple more chats, too, I think. Uh, Comments or questions. 
I see General Meow Meow in there. I see you in there. Ducktail haircut Brandon was the best Brandon. Yellow dog Dixie Crab. <laughs> That's 1970s reconstruction. Come on, man. That's putting Kamala on the back of the bus. And then picking her as my VP. Mike Sunset Brandon. Yeah. Well, this is afterlife. Yeah. This is like uh, zombie land, Brandon. <laughs> Come on, man. And then I think that was just in a response to uh, the worm juice, the people eating the worm guts. Yeah, it was well, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, seeing how many people we can we can have put a chin diaper on and keep it yeah. on. And, yeah. uh, I mean, still outside in the middle of summer, there's a lot of people who are outside away from people still wearing it. And I don't think they're going to stop wearing it. I think it's a permanent uh, permanent uh, fashion accessory. It's crazy, man, that, that that PSYOP, what it did, it just melted people's brains. And they're, they're changed forever. Yeah, I don't think there's any going back from that for a lot of people. Come on, man. Come on, man. You think they're gonna you think Brandon's gonna be able to do it in 24? He's gonna, gonna be, be able to, gonna be into his 80s, Mike. Yeah, he's gonna be a really old 82. I mean, it's I mean, not Gavin, like Gavin Newsom, right? He's, he's not gonna be uh, like crispy like Bernie Sanders or Ron. He's Paul. not a John Cleese 82. Yeah, yeah. John Cleese is crispy and intact. That was great. His chat that yeah. he had with Nick Gillespie from Region magazine. Yeah, that was good. That's a that was a really good chat he had about creativity and censorship and all the woke BS. Um, if you haven't had a chance to see that, it's like a thirty minute, thirty minute chats on YouTube. Great discussion, you know. He's yeah. out there doing it. The other Pythons, I don't think they're. Well, one of them, I think Terry Jones passed away a year or two ago. Uh, Eric Idle's still going, and um, who else is uh, Michael? Michael Palin is still out there. I think he was doing a travel show, but. Um, yeah, Cleese is Cleese is based. Yeah. Remember, he was doing that other panel not that long ago with a bunch of kind of young soy performers, and they, they wanted to boycott him or something. Hey, didn't they want to kick him off or something? Yeah, he's just being based. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know, know I, British guy. <laughs> oh, I know. I see Gavin Newsom definitely like in the wings, wanting to uh, run for president. So, you know, I just don't see how that guy can run. We run on what he's done. They've done in California. Like, yeah. you think the rest of the country wants that bullshit? I mean, he'll do well in Massachusetts and New York and, uh, yeah, California, but. Yeah. Yeah, but the rest, the rest of the country, I mean, that guy, that clown, <laughs> that wine, what did Tim Dillon call him? The wine merchant. He's a wine merchant. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to, they want to pit him against uh, uh, Chad DeSantis there. Chad and Trad DeSantis. You know. Yeah. We're going to work that out, though. They do. I was going to say, we have to see what's going to happen there, Mike. You know, it's the, the new season of the Political Apprentice. It's going to be incredible. We're going to have a boardroom session with Kushner and Ivanka and DeSantis, and we might even reanimate Ivana if it's the Halloween special. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's Dude, called they, the it's called the Hunt for the Safe. Mar-a-Lago and the Hunt. It's the Indiana Jones and the Hunt for the Safe. Dude, they really buried her like at at his uh, golf course in Jersey. That's what I heard, yeah. So incredible. For like tax purposes or something, or I ended up making I I mean the coffin was nice, but I ended up making a lot of money on that deal. <laughs> did you did you read any of the stuff about the funeral? Like oh, what I, Don I, Jr. I, said I, in his speech? I, yeah, I heard Don Jr. talked about how horrible she was. That just she was like a heartless bitch, basically. <laughs> like that she was tough on him and, and right? Yeah. Isn't that kind of the gist of it? Basically, she was harsh, yeah. Yeah, no one really had had like glowing things, you know, to say about her. 
She was very hardworking, though, and uh, I hired a lot of women for Trump Tower, and Ivana oversaw a lot of that, and I thought she did a great job. You oh, know, it's just incredible, Mike. I know. You know the whole the so, whole scene there is it's like the Sopranos or something. It's yeah, like, although Sopranos he had, on acid. Yeah, he had a lot of support though outside of Mar-a-Lago that was down there, dude, with signs. He had uh, I had look at I got blacks for Trump. I got them out of here. You know those guys they have the T-shirts there that have like the weird like. Dog. Yeah, some of the Bible end yeah, time stuff on it. It might, might be connected to some kind of, uh, uh, you know, one nine hundred number cult that you see. But they're Amazing. blacks for Trump. Look, look at my African. Look. Yeah. Well, it's for entertainment Mike. purposes. Yeah, we need the cycle to come back. Yeah. You know, we need the king to come back and kind of, you know. I love Reed's intro. I'm gonna get a fifty cal and attach it to my suburban when I did Caitlin. Oh yeah. What I'm going to do, and we're going to deal with the homeless here out in California. I'm going to get a 50 cal and attach it to my suburban, and we're going to mow them down. It's mowing season, folks. The that was Caitlin's plan. Their ass is grass, and I'm the mower. Surprise! Oh, check out my new shoe. So, I haven't talked about this yet publicly, but I did get in touch with Caitlin Jenner's assistant. Uh, I just, you know, on a, on a whim, I just tracked down her email address. And I emailed her and said, could we get Caitlin on, uh, you know, what, what would it take to get Caitlin on Jackman Radio? And I got a response that if you want her to come on the show for an hour with pre-prepared pre topics, that's going to all be screened and agreed to before the interview for an hour, uh, $30,000. $30,000 to get Caitlin for, for an interview. <laughs> Didn't you yeah. respond? Uh, what would a half hour cost? Kind of. Half I said, okay, how about a half hour? <laughs> Surprise! And I never heard back. I'm ready. I'm ready. can command those figures, though, dude. Yeah. Hey, look. If I had that kind of money laying down, guys, we would have already had Caitlin on. So, suffice to say, I don't know that we're ever going to really be able to book Caitlyn Jenner unless she's going to run for office again. But you know, even then, Mike, it's just it's it was just. Yeah. It was it was it was amazing. The Caitlin Maybe Jenner some governor. Yeah. yeah. Well, to even get that response, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's better to have uh, loved and lost than to never have loved at all. You know, surprise. I love Caitlin, Mike. Yeah, she's the best. We got to protect women's sports. It's imperative that we protect women's sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, a couple of the jets here. Uh, just uh, some Jack and Bojing things. Yeah, and then what about this attack on Salman Rushdie? The media is trying to say it was Iran, and it's like, you know, because they issued the fatwa against um, uh, who was the goal, uh, Bolton, and Bolton was complaining that it like the, the bounty wasn't high enough. Yeah. They insulted him with some kind of uh, low, low ball figure. And, um, I mean, Rushdie, I mean, they've, they've been gunning for him, man, since he came up with that book in the 80s there, man. You know? But yeah. Pretty hairy, man. He got stabbed 11 times, and he was on a ventilator. But the last thing I read, he was actually doing better and taking off the ventilator. So oh, hopefully God. he makes a full recovery. Yeah, full recovery. H, Mike? Poopsies. Poopsies. It's our beloved down H6. There, down there golfing with the NHL coaches. Yeah. Down in Connecticut, you know? Yeah, the, the uh, assistant coach there are the Predators. Yeah, speaking that's, of Predators. That's exclusive. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm creasing here in UK. I don't know if I know what that means. Is creasing like queuing? Like you've got to get in the queue? The queue? Like the line? Our boy Steve Poikinen. What's up, Steve? Bolton would have the hubris to bitch about the price on his head. He absolutely would. Yeah. What, a, what an asshole. The fact that that guy still goes on TV and people listen, <laughs> listen to him. Yeah. Well, the best uh, the best piece of you know media he, he was part of was when uh, Lord Horton took him down in that debate. If you could even call it a debate. I mean, it was just a – Oh, he debated Bolton? Um, no, I'm sorry. That was uh, Crystal. I believe Crystal. Sorry, I, was, I confused my neocons. I got my neocons <laughs> confused. I got my warmongering uh, deep state neocons confused. Sorry. Yeah, Bolton wouldn't have the balls to go in the Thunderdome with base Lord Horton. No. Freaking murder walrus. He is a murder <laughs> walrus. I was originally thinking of Irem for my administration. I didn't like his mustache. I didn't like the way it looked. So I passed on him at first, and then I made him um, – what did the king make him? Ambassador to uh, – 2018, he was yeah, no, he was national security, national security advisor. Council. Yeah, he was ambassador to the UN under Bush, which they did like on Christmas Day or something back in like 2000. Yeah, that was a recess oh, appointment. Yeah, that yeah, was, they kind they, of they weaseled, them. They weaseled them in. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, and he even thought about running for president at one point too, Bolton. So yeah, I, mean, I, I would love it if he did, or if he was a surrogate for someone up here in New Hampshire to yeah, get, try and get throw, a camera in his face, go throw a dog shit at him, like you, like when we saw um, Homeland Security Secretary there. Uh, oh God, Tom Ridge. Yeah, that was that clip, coolish. That clip is still on our channel if you guys haven't seen that. But Eric's there. You're there talking to Tom Ridge as Trump and like just, <laughs> just oh, it's making just, a mockery of the whole thing. It's a, it's a complete fever dream, Mike. Being all cutesy, you know? You know, because Tom Ridge was like uh, Frank, uh, Freddy, Freddy Krueger to you and I in high school. Yeah. With the uh, terror alert levels. He was our Freddy Krueger, Mike. Some days it might be yellow. Other days it might be orange. And then even on the rare occasion, they might go all the way up to red. Yeah. Depending on how close to the election day they were, God. And you were like, you were like, would you say, um, hi, my name is, uh, <laughs> my name is Tom Ridge, and if you don't listen to Jackman Radio, I'm going to raise the terror alert level to orange. He's like, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Remember you said that to him? Yeah, I asked him to do that. <laughs> he was trying to tell us to promote uh, Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush, yeah. And I, yeah I was like, was very low energy. Yeah, yeah. Donald Trump, baby. He's like, no, not Trump. They fucking hate him, Mike. <laughs> they hate the well, king. Remember that thing they released? What was it in the National Review? All those, um, all those neocon ghouls and, and foreign policy dudes who just totally tried to campaign against them and speak out against them. They, they, it was a whole. It was like a hundred or two hundred of them that yeah. signed some kind of, some kind of letter, and he probably ended up hiring like twenty five percent of them, anyways. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. I brought John Bolton in so I could fire in his face and then kick him out. Yeah. So he could do the walk of shame and write a book. Good God, Mike. I guess there's some good nuggets in his book, though, about dealing with Rocket Man and that whole deal. Just seeing how how, how unprepared or unknowledgeable the king was on the whole deal. And he just shot from the hip, Mike. Which yeah, is what I love. Bolton was on hand for that meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure Bolton's inclinations were probably, you know, war and sanctioning and bombs. Oh, he was trying to get a, uh, a a blow dart from Sidney Gottlieb to shoot at the Rocket Man when they were having the uh, the lunch. He was trying to figure out how he could sprinkle some uh, some poison into his uh, you know soup or Big Mac, whatever they were eating. He's like, here, give yeah. He goes to Trump, give uh, give Rocket Man this uh, Diet Coke, special <laughs> yeah, special Diet Coke, special from Langley. Yeah, it came up from Fort. It's a Fort Detrick Diet Coke. Infowars.com. 
Dude, it's also dude. incredible, Mike. <laughs> dude, Alex's War, though, the documentary, amazing. Dude, we both so got a chance to watch that, dude. How good was that? It's so worth watching, man. It really, you know, for someone like us, we've been into Alex Jones since, what, 06? Yeah, 05, 06. We've 05, known about 05, 06. So we've known about him for a while in the many phases that he's been. And for a lot of people, he's just the Sandy Hook guy. He besmirched, you know, the families of Sandy Hook. And, you know, you hear, you hear all that. And um, this documentary really, like, colors in the whole story, Mike. About his yeah, background, back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah, where he, how he came up, where he came up, you know, his family, how he got into what he did, and, and it's just, it's quite a story, man. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, I was sitting at my table, you know, there was uh, German immigrants there talking about, you know, uh, the, the NASA rocket program, and then, mm-hmm. you know, my dad was friends with some Birchers, and there were some NSA people, some NASA people. My mom you was know, friends with hippies from Berkeley. Yeah, he had the kind of that whole stew going on, you know, at the kitchen table. Yeah, it's like a modern day Forrest Gump, you know. <laughs> I do the section they did on him going into Bohemian Grove is, is worth it alone just to yeah. watch. And then when he goes to the Georgia Guidestones, I don't want to give too much away, but just those two segments. And it's a two hour and 10 minute documentary, it's pretty beefy. Yeah, it's um, it was, uh, it was good though, it was worth the watch. And and you know, what's nice, it, it, she was just it's just a fly on the wall documentary, man. It's not, I'm gonna interject my opinion it's one way or the other i don't like him i like him he's a hero he's a villain here he is you know <laughs> yeah she wasn't propagandizing him but it also wasn't a smear and a hate campaign yeah you know it exactly. just she, i mean she got access there she was the afforded access, access. Was, yeah the access was incredible how end times it was to emmerich at the capitol they said yeah. we're gonna go around we're gonna go around we got a permit to speak up there i mean he, he didn't want people to go into the capitol yeah, no, you know, no, he didn't. He wasn't telling people to do that. Yeah, yeah contrary was, to what the media yeah, was he was telling them, don't don't fight the cops here and don't play into their hands. You know, so yeah, and, and you know it does show you how the mainstream media is, um, just how disgusting and vile they are, and they lie for their purposes and for their overlords. And um, you know the whole Sandy Hook thing. I I didn't agree with what he was doing back then and saying, but he has a right to question it. I mean, everybody has a, a right to freedom of speech to question any major event like that. Um, you know, was he knowingly lying and, and saying things he knew not to be true? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, they show in the documentary that he goes on air oftentimes without doing a lot of really deep research to verify certain things like any new show does. So he has apologized for it. And I think I even saw that he's going to have some of the families um, on his show or he's invited them on. So that um, they really want to just paint him as the Sandy Hook guy, you know? Yeah. They definitely want to just have that be his legacy and – so, you know, and Puck wants to know thoughts on the Woodstock documentary. We watched that together. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was that was great. I mean, there was another one that came out that was on uh, HBO, I think, last year. But this one really goed in, uh, really went into the, um, you know, the, the the rioting that happened at the end of it, and, and why it maybe happened. Um, the other documentary just wanted you to think, oh, it's just young people; they're just pissed off; they have no reasoning behind it, and. This one actually interviewed like the the founder of it, the, the guy there who actually passed away recently. And yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there was a couple of people who were they were having a picnic, and you know, they were upset about some things, and you know, there was a few incidents, but it wasn't really that bad. It's too bad it's a like bottle a, of water was twenty eight dollars. Just a little campfire. <laughs> How out of touch with reality was that dude? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, it's price gouging. I mean, they were, they show, I mean, first of all, they had Woodstock 99 at this like fucking really ghoulish military, like former military base. 
like this military installation um airport you know kind of it was just it was like a you know a military barracks yeah, so military base. you're promoting peace love and understanding and freedom and and all this stuff and it's just this big fenced in like corralling everybody like uh cattle and of course the sun and all the heat didn't help so everybody was agitated about that they didn't have right necessary facilities or equipment or staff to really handle that many people um mm. and the price gouging was outrageous because they outsourced that so there was a lot of things i think that led um to why what happened happened and i think a big part of that um you know was just the the, the boomers being so out of touch with, with the people who were born in the 80s and 70s who were there well that and, and then one of the guys he was i think probably in his early 20s who was assistant or who was working on it when they were booking the bands and they were talking about corn and the biscuit you know getting those guys to come and they're like, you know, do you listen to Corn and the Biscuit? I mean, these these aren't like, you know, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary uh, peace acts, you know? <laughs> these guys are going to come and, like, fucking rev that place up, dude. And, and yeah. by, the, by the time, dude, like, Limp Biscuit went on and, and when Corn went on, dude. Dude, Durst like, was like. Dude, there was just, just like an explosion. You know, Durst was undeniable. Oh, yeah. It was completely undeniable. It was, it was, palp it was palpable, though, like. And then, uh, you know, uh, Pretty Boy Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Rosdale from Bush. <laughs> Came no out shirt on. Really pretty. Yeah. His hair was long and you know, he's kind of shredded. But he's kind of he's kind of a femboy a little bit, you know, kind of a cute yeah. British, British uh, uh femboy. He came out there and played glycerine and kind of eased tensions. Yeah. Yeah. But um I mean the lineup was pretty amazing. They had James Brown there too. I, I forgot James Brown. I don't even know if I knew yeah, I, I didn't even really know a lot about that Woodstock. Yeah, they had Brian Setzer Orchestra there too, which actually our our, oh. our friend Brock was one of the main reasons he wanted to go. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers were there, and okay. um, yeah, I, I I told Brock, I said, dude, I want a podcast with you just about your experience at this. And he's like, there's not really much to say about it, but I think know. we could we could uh, we could get some good stuff out of him. Yeah, he was there open, all weekend. Crack open a bottle of red and and, and go deep. I want to yeah, hear about the sleeping situation, the drug situation, the drinking. You know the, the uh, breastuses. Yeah, the naked women, naked people. I mean, that's yeah, that that's horrific too. You're a woman in the middle of that, and it's just guys oh. grabbing at you. And didn't a yep. couple women got raped, right? Yeah, there was a bunch. I mean, I think a lot didn't even get reported. So that was a that was such an awful thing because they had lax security and yeah, it was just like a mob of like just animals. Yeah, you know? the, the, the and, bros uh, who have the uh, the necklace here and um, the frosted tips. Frosted tips, yeah, and you, and you made the point, Mike. Um, a lot of the, no cell phones. It was so interesting to see young people just out, and they weren't they weren't like this. Yeah, and they weren't filming it. They were actually watching the the music. They were in the moment. They were enjoying it. What a you way know? to watch a show. Yeah, and and that's why recently too, I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I just wanted to watch something where there was no people with cell phones. Yeah, Puck said he watched it recently, outrageous. It was good, Puck. I, I recommend that Woodstock documentary to everybody. They should check it out. They should check out Interdimensional Child Molesters. Dude, when Emmerich goes off on that, Mike? Yeah, with his return, Alex Jones Returns on Rogan, if you can still watch that, was one of the greatest podcasts ever. It's everything. Shelly says, I had friends that went to Woodstock 99. One of them had all her clothes torn off by a group of men when she was trying to get out of the crowd, and they were groping her and shit. Yeah, that's awful. Just awful behavior, and, and uh, I think, yeah, they, they got away with it, a lot of them. Yeah, she had to buy a dress for the rest of the night. I think 
the shop booth actually ended up giving the dress to her. Well, that's, that's good. They didn't charge her a hundred dollars for it. Yeah, and, and and my friend said, you know, because I asked him about all this stuff, he said, yeah, but the film, of course, sensationalized the the violence towards the end and what happened. And um, if you look at overall how many people were at that versus how many participated yeah, in what was the number? that type was of behavior, I, f I forget how many they had, but. Um, he said, you know, he, he, of course, saw the fires and saw everything that happened. And, um, you know, that was later because, you know, th there was no social media either because everybody was kind of in a bubble, in a vacuum. So somebody who was at the show, of course, might not be privy to what was going on in another area or especially like the rave area they had where they had um, Fat Boy Slim doing a set. Oh, yeah. Hijacked that fucking van and drove that in yeah. there. Oh, wow. That was that was scary. It was bedlam. So, yeah. So this is in Rome, New York, and it says there were about 400,000 attendees. A total of 186,000 tickets were sold, um, which translated into a gross take of 28.8 million. Wow. Ticket sales yeah. were advertised as being capped at 250,000, the capacity of the venue. So you also just had a, just too, just too many friggin' people there, man. Too many people. Space. And they were just really concerned about making money and not the logistics of the venue or, or, or even to have it have it at the place where they had it back in the, um, the original. Maybe they couldn't get on that farm. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, there, there was Woodstock 94, which just be all I know is like the mud, mud, Green Day throwing mud. And yeah, yeah. so they were going to bring Woodstock back in 2019, but they it, they didn't do it. So I think we should let sleeping dogs lie. And that's probably it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And uh she said, Shelly says, I heard a lot of complaints about the disgusting conditions with the porta potties. Yep. Expensive water, the heat, there was nowhere to, to shelter, and it was a giant Air Force base with pavement. So you're just getting cooked. Just, and yeah. eventually they broke the piping for like waters for people to wash themselves and drink out of it. And that caused like some uh, sickness. And it was all shit. It was all, it all went to shit. So it smells like shit. That's because it is shit, Alston. Oh, it's a bit nutty. The beautiful, lovely, and brilliant Carmen Smith Studer says hi, Jackman Radio. Hi, Carmen. Carmen, nice to see you. Love following you on Twitter. Love your show. Carmen's amazing. She does great work. The Donald is is would love to come on sometime and chat and talk about things for sure. But yeah, no, definitely a good documentary. And then um, what else have we watched lately that was good? Oh, I, I watched. Um uh, a six-part series called The Anarchists, um, all about people who go to a, nar a narcopoco down in uh, oh yeah um, down in Mexico, and um, yeah, that was I didn't know a ton about that. I mean, obviously Ron Paul has spoken at that. You know, we know Luke Radowski; he's a big part of that for years, and you see him quite a bit in the documentary. I'd love to talk to him about it. Um, Jeff Berwick, who is the you know founder of of that. Uh, conference and what this, this documentary does is it really zeroes in on um like a half dozen of the, of the people and personalities that were going to that kind of from the beginning and what you know what happened to them unfortunately there was a lot of tragedy and a lot of uh, horrible stuff i don't want to really spoil it or give too much away but um it's more about um it's more about the you know personal personal behaviors and interpersonal conflicts that they had than it is a kind of about um, true anarchists and, and what a lot of libertarian messages, I would say. I mean, mm. uh, some people complained about it, that it was, you know, it, it was an unfair representation, but I'm pretty sure the filmmakers went down there 
um, because they were they were kind of interested in that philosophy, and they ended up just kind of becoming close with a lot of these people, and they let their guard down, and they let uh, they let them film, and it's a pretty compelling story. I mean, it's it's a very interesting documentary series. It's really sad. Um, you know, there's any political persuasion. There's going to be people who are naive about what the possibilities are, and yeah. you know, just like any system. But definitely right. worth uh, checking out. Yep, Carmen says, "I love you guys. We love you, Carmen. We love Carmen, boy. We love Carmen. Both of you are always invited. Invite the Don on. We'll, we'll come on. Oh, we'll have a you. great time. We'll catch up. I want to. I want to hear about the uh, meat initiative that you have going on down there. That you're part of. That you're supporting." I think it's, uh, I forget the name of it. I'll have to get uh, that info from her, but it's, uh, you know, to do with more independence from centralized control of like cattle farming and meat and that sort of thing. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I heard a little bit about that. I would definitely want, want to learn more. And uh, Shelly said, I've been watching the anarchists. I got sucked into the whole true crime aspect of it. You do get sucked in. Yeah. I was, it was, you know, I, a lot of shows that I watch and follow, I don't usually uh wait with bated breath for every week i wait till they're all out and then i try to binge them but this one i was definitely excited for every week like oh it's sunday there's a fresh episode dropping so how many yeah. episodes were there six 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 near total. an hour each yeah they're they're 45 minutes to an hour hour and five each just about yeah nice jordan says you guys have some people on from the hash scene in new hampshire why is Maine hash so much better than New Hampshire hash? What can be done to fix this? I well, think Ian Stewart might be a good person to ask. Yeah, his name's Ian Stewart, and he's probably one of the biggest comedians in Maine, I'd say. He runs the uh, Portland Comedy Fest that they do. Um, he he's all over the state, and he's a very big uh, you know, marijuana guy. So I'm sure he'd have some answers. Um, yeah, let me see if I can get his info, and I'll drop it in the... Uh, Drop it in there for you. We had him on a couple months back, actually, if you want to check that that discussion yeah. out. We talked a little bit about psychedelics and a little bit about some of the stuff he does with, um, you know, 420 initiatives. And uh, friggin' yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, uh, what is it? Welcome to Maine. Yeah, I'm going to put that in the chat. Uh, a little, uh, Ian Stewart's a stand-up comedian and writer from Portland, Maine, the founder of the Portland, Maine Comedy Festival and writer for MCC and directs and co-stars as Mac in the popular web series, Welcome to Maine. Welcome to Maine is really good if, uh, yeah. So if you just type in like Ian Stewart, um, comedy, Welcome I'm just to Maine to, on Facebook. I'm trying to see if he has a uh, website. Yeah. And he actually had one of the most viral, uh, ice bucket challenges. Oh yeah. Uh, a bong with a bong. If you can find that, that was pretty cool. That yeah. Was like eight years ago. And it's, you know, the anniversary. <laughs> right. that, that was pretty good. Yeah, Carmen says it's the beef initiative. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll do my homework on that, Carmen, and um, we can talk about it. We can talk about how we can uh, work with the beef beef initiative for Trump steaks and Trump burgers. Only the best from the best people for the best. And as far as the hash scene goes, we, maybe we could talk to Matt Simon about that. I mean, he's uh, he was kind of helping Tulsi with her policy questions that she had about you know legalization yeah and, yeah he, he did a great panel with her here in new hampshire he'd be a really great yeah. resource for that i'm sure yeah matt simon they have a website i'll get that is it the marijuana policy project that he's part of yeah or he was I don't, I don't want to say it incorrectly but matt simon in my opinion is one of the one of the 
the best. He's the gold standard for um, education, educational resources, legalization, activism. Yeah. Um, just a real credible voice in that movement. Yep. He's and, a senior uh, legislative anal analyst with Marijuana Policy Project, uh, New Hampshire CAN. I'm gonna drop the chat. I'm gonna drop it in the chat here, so people can uh, check him out. He he did definitely a great uh, resource if you have questions about hash or anything with marijuana related. He's a sharp guy. I work with him on Gary Johnson's campaign. Yeah, in 2012. Yeah, he's just a really great guy. He's sharp. He's really smart, and I uh, knows his stuff. So many hearts. So many hearts for Carmen. Yeah, I'll put that up right there. So, yeah, NewHampshireCan.org slash MPP slash SaveInfoWars.com. We're coming up on the 18th hour of InfoWars. I need your money, folks. I'm getting rifled by the Sandy Hook people. They're taking my money. They're draining my bank accounts just like Donald drained his balls with Stormy Daniels. Terrible stuff, folks. Terrible stuff. Uh, we got a couple more couple things. Of Robert Barnes said in a hush-hush that the dancing Israelis is BS. What do you guys think? Uh, well, who was Robert Barnes, for starters? I don't know. Is he an intelligence, former intelligence guy? Yeah, he might be a former CIA or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, I one of the last times I talked to Ryan Dawson, I asked him about the Gray Zones article about the dancing Israelis, which came out uh, almost a year ago, I think, near the 20th anniversary you know, where they're trying to really debunk the whole thing and explain it away and basically say that Dominic Souter was uh, engaging in other criminal activities, but nothing involving terrorism. The FBI cleared them of being involved in any terrorism. But um, it, it, especially if you look at Ryan Dawson's research uh, in the films that he's made and, and the, you know, the work looking at the original documents and the timeline, those guys were there before 846, which was the first plane. So they knew something was going to go down. And they also happened to interestingly uh you know be following you know these hijackers and, and living almost down the street from them in several different locations so there's 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 more to it there's definitely more to it and uh you know they went on that show in israel saying that they were just there to document the event and it's like well how about some follow-up on that statement you know they failed yeah. lie detector tests i mean there's a, there's a lot there yeah they had four four over four grand of cash in on their on their person in the van uh, the Kurzberg brothers, and they all had plane tickets uh, the next day or so to other countries. Yeah. yeah you, you make that kind of money in 2001 just being a, a guy who moves stuff, right? Yeah. Get that kind of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not only that, I mean, even in the FBI report, they tested it for bomb residue, and it was never followed up, you know, what that yeah. was. That's another question that I have about that. Like, well, whatever. And I, and I want every single photograph released, clear as day, high quality image of every picture that's on their camera that they had. Because all we got were these bullshit, grainy, horrible copy of a copy of a copy images of the the high high fibers. Yeah, or, or holding up the lighter with the towers burning in yeah, the background, or, or uh, covered. Yeah. Why they do that? What's what's the deal behind that? So. Um, it's not bullshit. The, the urban moving systems is not bullshit. It's, it's a piece of the puzzle and it's part of the story. And uh, we need to have the balls to talk about it and confront it honestly and look at the evidence because there's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of weird things about them. And, um, you know, it, it connects, connects to something bigger. And it's a totally, um, you know, not talked about piece of the puzzle. 
Yeah, maybe we can get Adam Fitzgerald and Ryan on to uh, do a little panel because we got the 21st anniversary of 9-11 coming up and we definitely are planning on doing some 9-11 centric uh, feeds and episodes. So maybe that's something we can put together. Yeah, Jordan said, I heard Sam Tripoli reference these dancing Israelis. I'm pretty sure it's twerk videos on TikTok. Well, Tripoli was on a show one time and he's like, I just want to know, like the dancing Israelis, what were they doing? Were they doing the Macarena? Were they doing the cha-cha? You know, what, what dance were they doing, Mike? Yeah, well, they weren't actually dancing. They were celebrating in high five. High five. Is, yeah, which is a common common misconception. But, I mean, they might as well be dancing. Who, who the hell is going to celebrate and be happy just seeing a horrific thing take place, you know, right. that happened at the World Trade Center? I mean, you I know. Testimony Come on. Police officer who arrested the Israelis. Yeah, that's Scott DiCarlo, who was a New Jersey police, Mike. Uh, I... I don't know if he was NYPD or was he New Jersey. He might have been New Jersey. I don't know 100%, but, yeah, that's when they said, you know, we're not your problem. The Palestinians are your problem. Dr. Carlo. Yep, New Jersey police sergeant. I guess he's a musician now. He does music. Yeah, he does He does music now. And uh, he would. it would be – I mean, I don't think – I don't know if he does interviews or even wants to talk about it anymore, you know, because at the time – you kind of said this, Mike, he didn't even kind of really realize the significance of that or just how I mean, he might like, not. But I, I think subsequently he got harassed and asked so many questions by yeah. researchers and people who are dumb about 9-11 that he was like, no, I'm not. I, I can't say I blame him. But yeah, it's yeah. an interesting story, man. It's it's still it is. It is. And um, Mint Press News is one of is one of the only outlets who did really good research into it and digging into it and, you know, obviously using a lot of Ryan Dawson's research um, in their publication, but the truth is out there, folks. You know? Yeah, I know. So we're, we're coming up on uh, an hour and ten minutes here, so we like to usually keep it at about an hour, but uh, this was fun, Mike. You know, always good to catch up with you and do a little burning of the news and just give our musings and thoughts on shit. Yeah, we got to do more. We do more of these. I'm, I've been trying to do kind of more just streams myself but uh obviously i, I love uh doing it with eric it's more you know yeah that's yeah, fun people are accustomed to you know yeah no we enjoy it we love doing this so we appreciate it and uh again if you want to support this channel five dollars ten dollars a month patreon.com slash jackman radio and uh we really appreciate it it's a it's a big help and it will help us continue to grow and as we move into our studio purchase new equipment uh pay to fly guests out and put them up and, and just keep creating like really fun, interesting and top notch um, independent media that that's people powered by you, not by the corporations, you know, not by MI5 or MI6 or Saudi intelligence. Definitely. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, we hope you have a good rest of Monday, August 15th, and we will see you next time. And also be sure to subscribe to this channel if you have not done so and tell all your friends and have their friends tell their friends. Peace and love, everybody. Have a good one.